Hey guys, we're back again today, and we're gonna go over the Psychic Phase for the 9th edition. Cool. Now, last time we went over aircraft and transport, so if you haven't watched that, please go back and watch that. It will really help you, because a lot of this stuff ties into the movement phase, because uh, certain things can be done if you move, and certain things cannot be done if you move. So there's lots of different things that you can do. The Psychic Phase is kind of magic but it's less of magic and more just people who are able to control power manifesting their the amount of power which is and how it works is you select a psyker from your army that has the psyker keyword and then it manifests its psychic powers and then you choose another psyker and then you choose another psychic psyker now there's lots of different types of things that go on in the psychic phase you when you select a Psyker in your army to manifest its psychic power, because you can only manifest, well, actually, it depends on, like, who you are, I think, and what model they are. You select your psychic power. You cannot select the same psychic power more than once per battle round, unless the power is smite, which is basically just magical bolts of energy, kind of, just damage spell type thing. And then you attempt to manifest the psychic power by taking a psychic test, which is basically rolling 2d6s, and if it exceeds the psychic warp power, the psychic power's warp charge, then it, it succeeds. But if you roll double ones or double sixes, they perils, perils of the warp, which is where they draw their energy from. We'll talk about perils of the warp in a bit. And then after you try and manifest your psychic power, and let's say you succeed, then the opponent can make a deny the witch test, which is rolling 2d6. And can you roll higher than the other person? Higher, only higher, not. Tying means the dude who is manifesting wins. And then you resolve the psychic power, and then you select a new psyker slash new psychic power, or whatever. Or the psychic phase ends. All psychers, no smite. Which is nice. All psychers knows might. Psychers will know an addition, additional psychic power, as described on their data sheet. Manifesting psychic powers, you roll 2d6, and they have to be within a certain range. 24. Okay, to do a deny the witch test, you have to be within 24 inches. Yeah, 24 inches. And then. That's really almost it for the psychic power. But Smite is basically has a warp charge value of 5. This is just a basic, very basic psychic power. It is required a 5 plus to manifest Smite. Warp charge increases by 1 for each other attempt to manifest Smite in this phase. So it gets harder and harder as you do more of it. Which means it's better and easier if you just do one of them a turn. But it also does really good damage. So... Then, if manifested, closest visible enemy within 18 inches, so this basically has an 18-inch range, suffers D3 mortal wounds. Now, this is very good, because mortal wounds cannot be saved by, elite, by a save characteristic. They could not be saved at all. Nothing matters. You never can save it. Well, with... Um, mortal wounds and you can do up to three of them which is nice and there's no save for that so it's just auto wounds and then 
If manifested with a psychic power of 11 or plus, it's D6 mortal wounds, which means you have the potential to do three extra wounds, which is very nice. And then perils, basically the psyker who's manifesting the power, if they roll double ones or double sixes, you get D3 wounds. That unit slash psyker character takes D3 wounds, but uh, also the power fails to manifest if the psyker dies. So let's say you roll double sixes. That's perils, but the power succeeded because it's 12. Technically, it's 12, so the power would succeed, but it's perils of the warp, which means you would take D3 damage. So it does hurt. And then, but yeah, but then if there's every other unit within six inches takes D3 mortal wounds, which is kind of a reason to keep your psychers away from everybody else in case you roll double ones or double sixes. But that's technically really it. A lot of stuff does rely on the movement phase, so that's why it probably took a bit longer to do the movement phase and everything, but I hope you enjoyed. And personally, I'm liking the new 9th edition rules. I think they're a good change, except for how the command points change. I didn't, I don't really like that from 8th edition. I think 8th edition command points were nice, because 8th edition command points were based on how many detachments you could fill out, and the army I'm playing can fill out a lot of cheap detachments, which means I could, the army could get a lot of command points, but now it's based on how many points you have. So I, you have to bring even more stuff to get more command points now, which I don't like as much. But that's really it for today, and uh, see you guys soon, hopefully, probably tomorrow. Well, you'll probably hear me again tomorrow. But thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you tune in again tomorrow or just go watch back the other stuff. And thanks for listening.